The October 7 Hamas massacre in it, on Israel suddenly riveted the world on the struggle between Israel and not just Hamas in Gaza, but regionally with Iran and Islam. And this has resulted in many questions. Well, I'm going to provide a scriptural answer to these and many other questions on this edition of The End Time Show. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. I do thank you for joining me on this edition of The End Time Show. Before we dive off into Hamas and Iran and what's going on in Israel and the ceasefire and everything, I want to say from all of us here at End Time Ministries that we want to wish you and your family Happy Thanksgiving. We've got so much to be thankful for. It's just, and I don't want to take it for granted. When we left, you understand that my wife and I, we had a tour group in Israel back in the beginning of October. Actually, we were there when this situation kicked off with Hamas. We started touring on October 6th, and on October 7th, we were down on the top of Mount Masada when Hamas attacked that morning, and we heard some of the bombs go off, and we were clear down in the, down in the uh, Jordan Valley. So, we went through that for six or eight days. But when we had to leave, I looked at my, our guide and our bus driver, and I, I felt horrible leaving because they, were, they had to stay there and face the music, and, you know, some of their relation was down in Gaza fighting already. And so that I said, man, I, I really hate to leave you guys. And they said, well, hey, just welcome to our world. Well, when the plane took off the tarmac at Ben Gurion Airport, we got all the way back, and when the plane hit the tarmac again in Newark, New Jersey, I cannot tell you the relief I felt being home in the United States of America, realizing that, you know, I, with all of the corruption and going on in Washington, D.C., and the Biden administration, and the, every, all of the horrible debauchery that's going out in Hollywood and all the different, um, you know, the pride parades and everything that happens here in America and the craziness. That even though all that's happening here, I still love the United States of America. I still believe in this American uh, experiment. And so I believe that we should remain thankful for this, thankful for all of God's blessings I've got a million things to thank God for. And so, you know, for, for, throughout my entire life, I've seen God do miracles in my life and, he, and, and healings and just different things that have happened. God leading and guiding and directing my life for decades now. And of course, that's how I lead my life right now as a spirit-led Christian man. And so, I want to say to you that... Don't take this life for granted. And yes, we'll go through things in this life. I understand that. We've got, I've got bills to pay just like everybody else. And, uh, you know, there's things happen in life, but it's life. I've still got an awesome, wonderful family. I've got a, I belong to a great church. 
We've got End Time. We've got the Jerusalem Prophecy College. We're reaching people all over the world. And there's, there's nothing that I would rather be doing. I am called to do, by God, I'm called to do what I'm doing. And God is using us to reach people literally all over the world. I was telling our staff today how thankful I am for the prophecies of the Bible. Without the prophecies of the Bible, we would be clueless on a lot of this stuff. And so, I want to make sure that we're thankful for all of our blessings and, the, and Calvary and the, the plan of salvation Jesus Christ purchased on Calvary and for the blood of Jesus Christ and everything that He means to us, number one, and then all of the things He's given us and my family and everything. So, I know you guys are thankful as well and thankful for the United States, everything. And so we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I know you'll spend it with your families. I'll be with my family tomorrow. And the majority of them that are down here in Dallas with us. And so we want to say God bless each of you and happy Thanksgiving from our team to you and yours. Now, with that said, I'm going to be diving off into uh, Hamas and Iran and Israel and the ceasefire and all this stuff and, and the Mahdiism and everything and hitting the highlights and answering some questions. Before I do, let me mention First Cup Coffee uh, and because, you know, you can only imagine that we work around the clock here, really, to keep up with all of this stuff. I get information from all over the world, but for me to come on the radio and do television programs and write the magazine and all these other things, I have to digest it, and we, it, it takes a lot of time. I'm basically married to my wife and then to my job. So, you know, we're, we're energized, we're motivated, we have a God-given purpose, but thankfully, every morning when we come in here, we have First Cup Coffee that's made upstairs, and it's, it's pretty awesome. It's great coffee, actually. And First Cup Coffee, they're not a woke company. I don't like to support woke companies, and they haven't tried to change America and protest and do all this other. They're just a bunch of good old Christian guys that are from down here in Texas. They have several different roasts of coffee, which are very, very good. And so, if you'd like to help support End Time and have some good coffee, go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off. If you become a subscriber, then they'll give you an additional 10% off. So go to firstcup.com, use code ENDTIME to get 10% off today. Now, let's dive off into this um, what's going on in the Middle East, because it's very perplexing, and it is for me too, because I know that there's a World War III coming, a lot of different things, a lot of my friends and people, uh, my sphere of influence, many of them are down in Gaza as we speak, folks. And some of my friends' children are down there, and just, it's, it's horrific what's going on. However, for several years, I have been watching Iran surround Israel with its terrorist proxies of Hezbollah in Lebanon, Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad down in Gaza, the Houthis further south down in Yemen, and different terrorist proxies, um, certainly in the West Bank and different places. They're, they're, they have them in, uh, in, in Iraq and Syria, and they're just all over the Middle East, right? So along with this, Iran has expanded its precision-guided missile project throughout the Middle East in order to build 
what many call a ring of fire around the state of Israel. And there's, it's, it's all done on purpose. This is not just happenstance where, oh, Iran ended up here, or they ended up here, and they just decided to attack Israel. No, no. There's a grand design around all of this. And, you know, occasionally, prior to October 7, occasionally rockets were fired into Israel from these terrorist organizations. I can remember one time when we flew into Israel on an Israeli tour, when there were incoming missiles towards Tel Aviv. When we got down on the, the, the ground, we got out, we meet our guides, and they said, hey, we, I was with my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, and the guide said, hey, we got to go straight to Jerusalem. We're like, no, we're supposed to go see Independence Hall. And they're like, no, no, there's, there have been missiles this morning that have been shot towards Tel Aviv. We've got to get straight to the thing. Now, this was, this was prior to the Iron Dome. This was years ago, maybe 15, 16 years ago. Prior to the Iron Dome missile defense system, and... So my father-in-law, we were like, look, man, you know, we're not really worried about it. Let's go ahead to Independence Hall. And they were like, no, no, you guys don't understand. We've got to go straight to Jerusalem. And that's what we did. But it's just a way of life in Israel for years and years now that they have had rockets shot from Lebanon, Syria, Gaza um, as a result of this ring of fire. It's been happening for years and years. But nothing could prepare us, obviously, for what occurred on our last trip to the Holy Land. I mean, according to the American Jewish Community the Committee, at 6.30 a.m. on October 7th, Hamas, which is the Iran-backed terror group uh, controlling Gaza, they launched an unprovoked and vicious surprise attack on over 20 communities in Israel, and they used rockets, paragliders, boats, motorcycles, and other vehicles and whatever other means they could. And these terrorists infiltrated the Jewish state and they murdered around 1,200 innocent people, including 30 Americans, and they injured, now it's been several thousand, five, 6,000, and they abducted 239 hostages into Gaza. And we'll talk about that um, ceasefire plan here in just a moment. But when this happened, Suddenly, I watched as the world was riveted on the struggle between Israel and not just Hamas in Gaza, but regionally with Iran and Islam. Now, most of us don't fully understand Islam. I don't really want to be able to understand Islam, right? I'm a Christian. I believe in the Bible. I'm a, I'm a, a Christian fundamentalist. I believe the Bible is the uh, the Word of God, the infallible Word of God, and I believe in the strict adherence to the Word of God, doing the best I can to align my life up to the Word of God and relying on the mercies of God to make it to heaven, right? Like, like all of us are. So I don't really, the only reason I will study some of these other things is because if they help me to understand Bible prophecy and the fulfillment of prophecies today, then I might dive off into some of these religions. But other than that, don't really study them that much. I'm not interested in that. So what happened was, is the world riveting on this, uh, it's resulted in a lot of questions. Number one, is Islam mentioned in the prophecies of the Bible? Well, we'll get to that. Number two, will this conflict start World War III? Number three, with the hundreds of thousands protesting against Israel, 
even, even the international community, you see what they're doing right now. They're the ones that pressured for this ceasefire. And the increased Islamic support around the globe. Will Islam rule the world? And number four, will Iran realize its global vision and eradicate Israel and Zionism from the Middle East? So those are some of the questions that we're going to be covering. And one right after another, I'm going to get into the ceasefire in just a moment. But first, let me mention Burt's Gold. You know, these world government enthusiasts, I've seen where um, Karstens, the leader of the Bank for International Settlements, he was saying that, hey, the central, central bank digital currencies are going to be one of the, cent one of the, um, one of the main uh, formats of this new global uh, financial system. Central bank digital currencies. And so we've talked about it many times, but they, these central bank digital currencies could even allow officials to prohibit you from purchasing certain products or easily freeze or seize some of your money, right? It would allow these governments to take control of your finances. And there are some concerned Americans that are starting to diversify into physical assets. Some of them are, are using, are going into uh, the physical asset of gold and they're use, doing that with the help of Birch Gold. You know, and if you want a, a physical asset held in a tax-sheltered retirement, you can do that by going to birchgold.com slash endtime to get your free info kit on gold. You might have an IRA or a 401k, something like that, that you'd like to convert it over into um, an IRA in gold. You can do that with Birch Gold, and you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. So go to birchgold.com slash endtime, claim your free info kit on gold, because if digital currency becomes a reality, then you may want something to fall back on like gold. And so Birch Gold is a great way to do that, and they'll really help you out. It's a, it's a trusted entity. Most of the conservative radio talk show hosts and different uh, websites and different things, a lot of these guys um, have aligned themselves up with, or I should say they support these um, entities like Birch Gold, because, and then Birch Gold helps them out um, in supporting them as well. But they only do Birch Gold because they know it's, re it's reliable. So let's get off into some of these questions. Let me talk real quick about this ceasefire because I think it's obviously a bad idea. A lot of people have asked me, Dave, what do you think about the ceasefire? It's a horrible idea. I mean, if you've got Hamas on the run and then you're going to back away and let them function for four days, I mean, that's an eternity in, in, a, in a wartime. Four days, they can regroup rearm their missiles and uh, move, move hostages. They can move some of their uh, control centers. And we're not even going to have drones and helicopters and balloons and things that are surveilling what they're doing. Think about that. Now, I read an article that Israel said, well, hey, we've got ways to surveil them, even though we won't have the balloons and drones and all that stuff up above. But still, it's not going to be near as effective as it would be having drones right over their head, right? So... The Times of Israel has reported that the cabinet has now okayed a deal for the release of 50 Israeli hostages in exchange for this four-day Gaza truce. There's 150 underage or female Palestinian terrorists that are going to go free besides the four-day ceasefire in return for these abductees. And it's supposed the halt could extend by 
an additional day uh, it, for each 10 additional Israeli hostages, and then supposedly the war is going to resume. So you can imagine this thing could go on for a lot more than four days if they said, hey, we'll give you, you, you do it another day and we'll give you another 10 hostages. Well, and then you do it another day and we'll give you another 10 hostages. And so you can see and that the international community is pressuring Israel to do this. Now, Netanyahu, yes, he is in a very precarious situation. I would not want to be in Prime Minister Netanyahu's shoes. Love him or hate him. And that, that's up to you. But I'm just saying the guy is in a really precarious situation because I would want to get the, the hostages back as well, wouldn't you? But also, and he's got families that are hounding him. Get free the hostages. Get the hostages back. But also in a wartime scenario, to give somebody four days to regroup and allow fuel and food and different things to come in to help them, um, and you say, well, the, the fuel is all going to the innocent Palestinians that are down there. Do you really think that? I mean, do you think Hamas isn't going to seize that fuel and crank up their war machine during that time? I mean, we'll have to see how it goes. It could start as early as tomorrow. But there was a pivotal vote held uh, yet, uh, see, it would be this morning in Israel, which would be, we're eight hours uh, beyond, past them, but the full Israel cabinet approved the agreement to secure the release of about 50 Israeli hostages who were abducted and taken on October 7th. And so there were some 240 hostages that are being held overall. So there would still be, what, 190 of them left. And the deal was approved by 35 votes and... Um, uh, the first group of some 12 to 13 hostages could be released as soon as tomorrow. And an Israeli, the Israeli government official was briefing reporters and he said that they were expected to release 50 Israeli citizens, which would be children's, mothers, and other women. So they've been, they, they took children, folks, as hostages. And then in the groups of 12 to 13 people, they would uh, release them over the next four days. In exchange, Israel has agreed to cease fire for four days for the first time since the outbreak of the war, as well as releasing 150 teenage and female Palestinian uh, security prisoners. And then, of course, they would release them. Um, they would cease more another day as the uh, if they said, hey, we'll give you 10 more, we'd wait another day. So... Certainly, I, I, again, I wouldn't want to be in Netanyahu's position, but uh, it, very precarious. And, you know, if it were me, uh, my finite mind, not my Christian mind, but my secular mind would say, go in and hammer down. However, you got these hostages here. I can only imagine if it was one of my son or my daughter or my wife, and I would be saying, we've got to go in and get the hostages out. So, I mean, it's, got, it's, it's like, how do you weigh, that, weigh this thing? And so Netanyahu, the Israeli government, I think they're doing the best that they can to try to, you know, figure out what's going on and try to get the hostages back, but yet still um, throw down the gauntlet on Hamas. So I'm glad it's not me 
that's in that situation, right? So we'll have to see how that plays out over the next several days. Now, let's get off into some of these questions here and because it's very, very important. Now, most of you know, number one, uh, Islam is Islam mentioned in the prophecies of the Bible. Yeah, absolutely it is. It's the green spirit, the um, Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. The Bible tells us there's four horsemen. The four horsemen were different colors, a white horse, a red horse, a black horse, and a pale horse, which should have been translated green because the original Greek word there was chloros. The colors of the horses, very, very important because it, um, once you go back to Zechariah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, it tells us that these are the four spirits that go forth into all the earth and they will, from the heavens and they will control the ideologies or the thought processes of men in the end time. And they have been, these first four seals in Revelation 6, they've been opened throughout time. The Catholic Church uh, was started around 300, 325 A.D., somewhere in there, when the, uh, the, some of the, at the councils, uh, the Council of Nicaea, the Council of Constantinople, and from, from 325 to about 380, they were adopted as the, the, the Roman universal doctrine or the Roman Catholic Church. And then that was the white spirit, the red spirit, uh, co uh, communism, which was, uh, see, I, I think Karl Marx wrote his Communist Manifesto in about 1850. And then the last uh, short while when capitalism has really come uh, and been a, a very prominent spirit in the earth, that's the black spirit, the black horse rider. And then the, the last one to arise before the Great Tribulation is the green spirit, the Islamic spirit on the earth. And you can see how all this is it, perfectly, the way the Bible lays it out, the last spirit, the Islamic spirit, will rise in the earth. The Bible says they will control about a fourth of the part of mankind. And the, there are about 1.8 to 1.9 billion ad Islamic adherents on the planet. Well, that's almost one. We, we just passed 8 billion last November, so that's about one-fourth. And so the, all of the clues fit here that the Islamic, the green Islamic spirit is rising in the earth. And the Bible says that that will occur just prior to the Great, Tribula Great Tribulation beginning. So, I mean, it, it's happening. I mean, we're, we're watching this thing play out just like the Bible says in intricate detail. And, of course, then we got to talk about World War III. That's another event that's supposed to occur just before the Great Tribulation. And that's an Islamic prophecy. You understand that, right? The Bible says in Revelation 9, uh, 13 through 21, loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. The Euphrates is housed in Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. And all of those nations are Islamic-controlled nations. Almost 100% Islamic-controlled. Think about that. So, do you think that Islam is not going to be involved in World War III? I assure you that they will be. It's coming out of their region. And look, and all four of those nations, by the way, are involved in one way or another with the current conflict in the Middle East. It's not just Israel and Hamas. If you follow the news at all, you realize that Iran has this ring of fire around Israel, but they're also attacking our military bases like 50 or 60 times over the last month in Iraq and Syria. 
So Iran has a goal, and that is to drive the United States and Israel out of the Middle East. And I'm going to talk to you about that here on the backside of our next break. Very quickly, let me mention Ready Pantry, and then we'll dive back off into this in a, in a very detailed way. You know, as Americans, we want to believe that we always will have a, a food supply. I was going to work this morning, I was looking at all the cars, and it's Dallas traffic, and I was thinking, man, imagine having to feed all these people. Well, think about the supply chain and the breakdown and, and people, it's being in what they're doing to farmers and Bill Gates and China and all these different places buying up all the farmland uh, in America and different things. I mean, imagine the food supplies. What's going to happen to all of that? I've got my friends telling me, hey, you need to buy farmland and grow stuff. And I'm like, I don't have time to do all that. So what do we do, right? Well, what if there was a way that you could have an affordable supply of food and in, for an emergency case and have that on your, in, your, in your closet or in a cellar or out in your garage? Well, there is. Readypantry.com slash end time, it offers amazing 25-year shelf-stable food. And it, it's, it really is kind of a, in, the, in, time, in a time of crisis, it really is a, a peace of mind that you get knowing you have an emergency supply of food ready for anything. Power outage, hurricane, uh, grid collapse, uh, uh, should a, maybe a civil war break out in America. I mean, you never know. Rolling blackouts. There's all kinds of stuff. And Ready Pantry is an American-based company. They got all kinds of products. It's sourced right here in America. And they're, you know, I, we always talk about there's different um, food storage companies. Many of them sell things that have been sitting on the warehouses for years. That's not Ready Pantry. They're delivering you fresh packed food within the last couple months. Then it's delivered to your door. So go to Ready Pantry. They offer, um, they also offer discounts of 20% off for three to 12 month supplies of food. Go to readypantry.com slash end time, use code end time, and save an additional 10% off your order, plus free shipping. And you can, you could also stock your pantry with some, because I know Thanksgiving's here, Christmas is right around the corner. You can do some buy now, pay later options uh, at checkout. So go to readypantry.com slash end time. Okay, everybody. Now, we're going to dive straight back off into this because there's some different questions here. You know, will this conflict start World War III, Revelation 9, 13 through 21? Will the hundreds of thousands protesting in the streets, does that mean, and the international community and everything bearing down on Israel, does that mean Islam's going to rule the world? And one of the things I will cover right after the break, will Iran realize its global vision and eradicate Israel and Zionism and the United States from the Middle East. They've got all of this is by grand design, everybody. And I want you to understand because if you just focus on what's going on with Israel and Hamas, you won't get the whole picture. You want to make sure you get everything and know what's going on because it's very prophetic. As a viewer of the End Time Show, you're getting early access to Christmas deals starting right now. Do you remember that feeling you had as a kid during the holidays? What experiences and gifts would you receive this year? Well, the atmosphere at End Time is nearly the same. We're excited because these deals are now available through the end of 2023. Why are we so thrilled? Because we know these resources transform lives 
And that's even more fun than Christmas, especially in these tough times. For the remainder of 2023, you can get deals like a special VIP group video call with Dave Robbins when you get Understanding the End Time. End Time Plus subscription for 50% off, or my personal favorite, a $10 and under sale for almost 100 different products featuring Irvin Baxter, Dave Robbins, and more. Go to endtime.com slash deals for a full catalog of items. You can also call 800-END-TIME. Hurry, supplies are limited. Go to endtime.com slash deals today. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning End Time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. And what I want to do here, because many times when you're following a news story, this is what I do, unless it's just some, you know some breaking news, a, a terrorist thing uh, is happening, or da da da. So some things are just once and done, and it's going to go away. Okay. There's a difference in that and this situation that's going on with Israel and Gaza. So what I do is. I will, number one, I look, is this prophetic? Does it, is it showing, can I use it on the radio and television, in the magazine, and showing how it's a current event, showing how these prophecies are being fulfilled? And this certainly is, and we'll talk about that. Also, I want to know, I want to understand what's going on behind the scenes. What's the motive for all of this? Because you can sit there and just watch rockets fly into Israel and say, well, that's a bad thing. That, they need to stop doing that. But what I want to know is, is why is Iran, why have they surrounded Israel? Why are they trying, why are they firing rockets in? Why did the Hamas attack happen on October 7th? I want to know what's going on here. Is it going to go away tomorrow or is it never going to go away? And so I want to know what's going on here. Now, I went through an article, I'm going to say a couple weeks ago. A lot of people didn't get it. Uh, they, 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 they didn't understand maybe I was going too fast or something like that. But what I did, I wanted to go into this and drill it down a little more because I really want you to understand. The way I know people, a lot of people didn't get it is because of some of the questions I'm still getting. And I thought, man, I, I, I explained that, but maybe I didn't explain it in a way where it was understandable. I want to make sure you get this because... These are some of the things that will affect all of our lives before it's over with because I talked about Iran wanting to drive Israel out of the Middle East, which is what's happening. Part of the effort's what's happening right now. You understand? But also, they want to drive the United States out of the Middle East. So now you understand why Iran would be attacking Israel through their proxies and why they're attacking our U.S. military bases in Syria and Iraq. You say, why are they doing that? Well, I want to explain that to you so that you know the overall goal of what's going on here. Because we're watching the rise of the Islamic spirit. We're watching the international community 
kind of justifying some of this stuff, even though they say, oh, well, no, I, I made a mistake. I'm condemning what's going on. No, no. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And what's going on inside will inevitably come out. And so that's what's happened over the last few weeks, right? I mean, this uh, conflict between Israel and Hamas and Iran and the United States and Hezbollah and all the rest of these, it has really brought to light something that's really happening in the Middle East. So let me see if I can help you to understand this. In, in May of 2022, the, the Middle East Institute published a document titled, if you want to look it up, here you go, Iran's Revolutionary Guard and the Rising Cult of Mahdiism, Missiles and Militias for the Apocalypse. You have to understand Mahdiism to understand what Iran is trying to do right now. Okay? Why are they demonizing Israel? Israel isn't a threat to anybody. Well, if you're Islamic and you believe in the Shia Islamic wing of it, that belief system, then Israel is an enormous threat. If you believe in Mahdiism, then you've got to eradicate Israel and the United States from the Middle, from the Middle East. That's what's going on here. There's people that are talking, I watch the news every day, people talking about all kinds of different reasons of what's going on here. But folks, if once you understand Mahdiism, then you can say, oh my goodness, I know what's going on and this could lead, possibly, to World War III because it's not going to go away. Okay, let's get off into it. I, I pulled some excerpts from the article. Some of them are different than the ones I did a couple weeks ago. So listen at this. It says, Iran's 1979 constitution, which establishes the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC. So remember that what I'm when I say IRGC from now on, it's the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. It is, their, their 79 constitution establishes the IRGC as an ideological army and mandates it with an ideological mission of jihad in God's way. That is, a, that is extending sovereignty of God's law, Sharia law, throughout the world. Unlike the regular Iranian army, which primarily its primary objective is to protect Iran's borders and different things, the IRGC, their principal mission is to protect the Shia clergy and advance the Islamic revolution at home and abroad. Now, why is this so important? Because the several hundred of the Hamas fighters that, uh, that the Hamas is the one that attacked Israel on October 7th, several hundred of them went to train with the IRGC in September just prior to the attack on Israel. The worst terrorist attack in Israel's history, you understand. And so you understand now what the IRGC, you start to get a picture here of what really is going on. There is an, a gigantic ulterior motive. But if you don't understand it or you've never been taught, you're going to be stuck here. So 
The Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, they are an ideological organization that shares key characteristics with other designated Islamist organizations, including its quest for an expansionist Islamic state, a global Islamic order. It's very key that you understand that. Forceful imposition of Sharia law globally, militaristic concept of jihad, and anti-American and anti-Semitic ideology. You say, well, anti-American and anti-Semitic ideology, what in the world's going on here? Because they believe that they are the good in the world, and they believe that Israel and the United States, little Satan and big Satan, are the evil in the world, and that they are preparing the way for their Mahdi to come and rid the world of evil. So in eradicating the United States and Israel from the Middle East, initially, they're preparing the way for the Mahdi. And I'm going to get into Mahdiism here in just a moment. But you understand what's happening right now is never going to go away, at least prior to World War III, I should say. It's not going to go away tomorrow or the next day or the next day. And even if Israel eradicates Hamas from Gaza, it's still not going to go away, folks, because of the mindset of the Ayatollahs and different people in Iran and the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. Listen at this. It continues. As a Shia Islamist force, the IRGC worldview hinges on Mahdiism. Listen carefully. The return, what, what is Mahdiism? The return of the 12th divinely ordained Shia Imam, uh, Muhammad al-Mahdi, or the hidden Imam, whom Shia Muslims believe ha was withdrawn into a miraculous state of occultation or hiddenness by... God in 874 CE, uh, AD, I should say. I don't say CE, I say, I say AD. So the concept of Mahdiism is rooted in the belief that Imam Mahdi will one day return. They kind of look at it, him as, as we, the Christians would look at Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Well, this is kind of their Messiah figure, that the Imam Mahdi will one day return to rid the world of evil and injustice. I'm quoting from this article from the Middle East Institute. His coming will bring about one final apocalyptic battle between two armies in which Shias believe the Mahdi and his evil forces um, and his forces will prevail over evil. So these guys are looking for one great final battle, folks. Now, you say, well, could that be Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, the, the world war? It could be. I, I don't know. I'm not saying their prophecies are correct. I'm just telling you, I know a war is coming. These guys are expecting some kind of war. And they believe that that will be usher in the coming of their Mahdi. They're not afraid of war. Of course, a lot of them are into um, martyrdom. And it's kind of hard to fight somebody when they're willing to die, right? So, even though it's for a wrong cause. If they're willing to die, they're willing to die. So this is very important because they see Israel and the United States as the main evil. 
So now you kind of get a picture of what's going on with this situation. It's just not, well, we just don't like Israel, so we're going to fire rockets in there and we're going to go in and um, kill some of their people and rape them and t take some of their kids as hostages and things like that. No, it's so much more than that. That's, you, what you're seeing is the, the um, after effects of the real, of the mindset of people that are very twisted. That's what we're seeing here. There's, we're seeing them carrying out jihad against Israel and the United States. So the consensus among the clergy in Iran was that the 12th Imam, or Lord of the Age, now think about that, would appear upon his own accord when justice and evil captures the world, and he would be accompanied by 313 special fighters who would defeat evil in an apocalyptic battle and act as the Shia Ummah's savior against the non-believers. So, they, they're looking for some kind of battle in the future. Well, I know the Bible says, Revelation 9, 13 through 21, there's coming a battle, World War III. Now, I don't know if these guys read the Bible and then wrote this stuff, or I, I don't know. But I don't, I don't think that their prophecies are true. But I know there's a battle coming. And it's certainly something for us to look at because what's happening now is not going to go away. You, and you say, Dave, are you absolutely saying this, this coming this conflict could lead to World War III? No, I'm not. I, I'm giving you scenarios here, but I'm telling you, this thing here is not going to go away. Even if it leads to World War III or not, something, unless, they complete, is the, unless there's a complete regime change in Iran, then it's not going to go away because of this mindset that I'm teaching you today. So, um, a quick examination of the IRGC's ideological political textbooks also reveals the way in which the, it views the United States as an evil regime and that, that we're dead set on world domination. And this worldview sees the United States as the representation of all that is evil and puts the Islamic Republic of Iran on the side of everything that is good. So they see the United States as all that is evil. Well, why are they demonizing Israel then? because they believe Israel is the West's footprint, the, be the, the beginning of a stronghold in the Middle East. So they've got to get rid of them. So now you know what's really going on in this situation with the ring of fire around Israel, because they're trying to rid the world of as much evil as they can to prepare the way for the coming of their Mahdi. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time.
now streaming on Endtime Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 Endtime. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. time is not going anywhere. everybody well let me let me see if I can wrap up this portion of it and then we'll try to get some more of the questions because man once I realized what was really going on here I thought oh my goodness I mean you're looking at Israel you're looking at Hamas you're looking at all the Palestinian Islamic Jihad you're looking at Hezbollah the Houthis what in the world is going on in this whole uh, region of the world well now I know and the, the, the IRGC, the Iran, Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, and uh, their worldview sees the United States as a represent, representation of all that's evil and puts the Islamic Republic of Iran on everything that's good. But linked to this notion is the IRGC's other key ideological pillar of eradicating the state of Israel and Zionism. Like other Islamist ideologies, the IRGC's Shia Islamist worldview regards Israel as an illegitimate, oppressive, and usurping entity created in the heartland of the Muslim world to enable the West or the United States to achieve its supposed colonial goals. The liberation of Palestine, which I, I think I talked to you about either yesterday or the day before what Palestine was. It was just a region. It's never been a country. It was the region um, that was that name was given to by the Romans years and years and years ago, thousands of years ago. The liberation of Palestine through the destruction of Israel remains one of the IRGC's main objectives, and anti-Semitism pervades every aspect of its ideology. Now, with that said, Hamas and some of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which are the two Iranian terrorist proxies in Gaza, they sent about 500 terrorists to train with the um, Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps in September, and on October 7th is when the attack happened by Hamas. So you really want to know what's going on over there. Why is Hezbollah in the north? Why are they firing rockets in there? Why is rockets coming in from Syria? Why are they sending drones over into Israel? Why, are, why did Gaza happen? Why did, uh, with Hamas, why are they attacking our U.S. military bases in the Middle East? 
because they've got a mindset that their mod, they want their Mahdi to come and bring Islamic justice to the world, and they've got, they're getting rid of the evil in the world. Iran is the good. The United States, Israel, they see them as the evil. So they're trying to drive them out of the Middle East right now. The article goes on to say, I'm not going to go through the rest of it, but the article goes on to say that they want to eradicate the Middle East of the United States and Israel because they see Israel as our foothold in the quote-unquote Muslim world. Even though God gave Israel all that land, they don't care about God. They could care less about the Bible. And so this is really what's going on here. I want you to understand, could this lead to World War III? I say it could. I don't know if it will. I understand about Russia, Ukraine, China, Taiwan, and you know it could come from Turkey. I understand all that. But the Bible says, loose the four angels bound in the great river Euphrates. You say, Dave, you're sensationalizing. I'm not sensationalizing anything. I don't know if this conflict will lead to that. However, I know that the ISIS, ISIS situation come and went. The, the stuff with Saddam Hussein, it came and went. Uh, all the different things that have happened throughout the Middle East, the Syrian civil war, all these different things, they come and went, come and went. However, with Iran, they have brainwashed these people into, and the, uh, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps that we've got a Mahdi coming and, and he's going to he's kind of like their Messiah type situation and that we've got to get rid of the United States and Israel. Well, look at they're carrying out those orders everybody. That's really what's going on here. This article lays it out perfectly. I'm only reading a few excerpts of it. I would encourage you to get the article. Let me give you the name of it again. It's very important. In May 22, the Middle East Institute they published this document, Iran's Revolutionary Guard Corps and the Rising Cult of Mahdiism, Missiles and Militias for the Apocalypse. I would encourage all of you, need something cool to read on Thanksgiving Day, uh, go check it out. So, will this conflict lead to World War III? It certainly could. I, I don't know if it will, but I just want you to understand what's going on here because I'm looking at what's going on in the world and I'm looking what the prophecies prophecy say are going to happen. These guys are saying there's a big war coming. They're expecting a big war. And uh, th the Bible tells us that there is World War III coming. I understand the dynamics of this and World War III and the world government needing a great crisis to drive the nations of the world into a complete total allegiance to the world governing body. World War III certainly would do that. In the mind of the international community after World War I, you had the League of Nations. We've got to have a world government so that way we'll never um, have a world war again. Well, the, the League of Nations failed, right? Boom. A few years later, World War II. On the heels of that, what's the, an the answer to that in the, in the international community? World government again. The United Nations signed, the, the charter was signed the same year that we won both campaigns, the Japanese bombing uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and when the concentration camps were liberated in Europe. The same year, 1945, they signed the charter for the United Nations, the second effort toward world government. Then, but now, they, they don't have the world government that they want, so guess what's coming? The Bible says World War III is coming. On the heels of that, nations will yield up their sovereignty to this world governing body. So the war is coming, folks. The war is coming, and <clears throat> I, don't, I don't want it to come, but I'm telling you, according to the Scripture, it's going to, and, and 
the Islamic faction on the earth is really just everywhere. You've seen, when's the last time you've seen these giant, so many giant Hamas, or I should say, um, did I say that? Hamas protest? Palestinian slash Hamas protest, let's say that. Uh, protest. Uh, I'm not saying all of them are supporting Hamas, but they're supporting the Palestinians and it's kind of big jumbled mess. But the fact of the matter is, is that we have to, I want you to understand scripturally what's going on here. Number three, this will be the last question I'll probably get to, but with the hundreds of thousands protesting against Israel and increased Islamic support around the globe, will Islam rule the world and will Israel and the United States be destroyed? Nope. The Israel and the United States are not going to be destroyed. They're going to be here all the way through the end. Okay? The Bible says the United States protects Israel in Revelation 12, 14. The wings of an eagle protect Israel all the way through to the end. Okay? It does not say Islam will be here all the way through the end. There is a snapshot, several snapshots of what the end time world governing body will look like. It is not Islamic. If you go to Daniel chapter 2, the feet of iron mingle with clay symbolize the uh, Holy Roman Empire that will rule the world all the way to the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Once it comes into power, it will rule the world at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Holy Roman Empire has always been ruled by the most powerful political leader from Europe and the most powerful religious leader from Rome who was always the Pope. And the Bible says that will be the, the political and religious structure that will have aligned a union of politics and religion in the end time to rule the world all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's going to be a European-centered world-governing body and a false religious system uh, in the end time, a global false religious system that will have aligned itself with that world-governing body. And that's how the world's going to be ran all the way to the very end. And it is not Islamic. And so I, I, I understand there are a lot of people that says that the, the Antichrist has to be Muslim. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. It's going to be a European-centered world-governing body. And so it, once I, I, the Bible does say there is a green spirit coming in the end time and that it, it will rise. But every time the Bible gives us a snapshot of the end time world governing body, it's not Islamic. It is the world, uh, the European center world governing body and this false religious system. And it gives us a snapshot of that many times. The, the federalized, the, the uh, combo beast in Revelation 13, the federalization of nations from Daniel 7. The Bible says they had the body of the leopard, Germany, the feet of the bear, Russia, the mouth of the lion, Great Britain, and the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom, symbolizing the European Union, ten nations from the European Union. It's the, the ten toes on the, the feet of iron mingled with clay in Daniel 2. Every snapshot we have is this Holy Roman Empire uh, uh, governing body that will be, go all the way to the second coming. The Bible says that this beast will fight against the lamb. The ten horns will fight against the lamb and the Antichrist when he comes. And the Antichrist, at the, uh, the Lord is going to um, 
destroy the Antichrist with the power, the, the, the power of his coming, the light of his coming, and that the Antichrist and the false prophet will be cast into the lake of fire at that time. And so that's where it, that's the way the, the end time is going to wrap up, this end of the age. Now, obviously, there's going to be another 1,000-year millennial reign after the Lord comes. But um, you say, well, what about uh, the Islamic faction on the earth? There will still be an Islamic faction. There's going to, uh, I mean, uh, Persia, uh, Tur uh, Iran, Turkey, Togarma, and th those nations, they will still be here because they come to, down against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon in Ezekiel 38. But they're not going to be running the world. So, even though there is a huge rise in the green spirit in the end time, that's not going to be the spirit that runs the world all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It is possible that that spirit could be greatly diminished in World War III. Again, those nations are almost 100% Islamic controlled nations and they're going to be, that's where the Bible says that World War III is going to emanate from. So you certainly got to take that into consideration when we're thinking about the people that will be involved in the World War III, Revelation 9, 13 through 21. And so I wanted to just answer some of these questions, clear up a few, um, just a, a, a few uh, mindsets and different things of some emails I'm getting and different questions online and different uh, views and perspectives. Because, folks, if we look at the Bible, it gives us the answers. It's so important that we understand the prophecies of the Bible. It helps us to understand many, if not all, of these major conflicts and different, the, the climate, the, the supposed, it's really a hoax, but the climate crisis and all of these things that the world government, these agendas that are being pushed, the Bible's got the answers to all of it.